Hey there, podcast listeners, and welcome to the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Mike Lucibella. In many ways, Mother Nature is the best engineer out there, and there's a lot humans can learn from the natural world. Biomimetics is a study of unlocking and applying the physics of living things, and it's a fascinating field. When I stopped by APS's Division of Fluid Dynamics meeting, I saw how researchers have been working to make wind power more efficient by duplicating the way some underwater creatures swim. My name is John DeBerry. I'm a professor of aeronautics and bioengineering at Caltech. So what we've done is to take an analogy with fish schooling. In the case of fish schooling, it's been shown that the animals may be able to arrange themselves in a way to reduce the amount of energy it takes to move from point A to point B. In our research, we're trying to arrange the vertical axis wind turbines to extract more energy as a group as they would on average by themselves. What is a vertical axis wind turbine? If I were looking at one, what does it look like? So vertical axis wind turbines look a bit like egg beaters stuck into the ground. The blades rotate around a vertical axis instead of the horizontal axis turbines that you typically see on television. Now, is this being done in a lab, or how are you doing this research? We're testing the turbines at the full scale that we imagine for this technology. So these are 30-foot tall vertical axis turbines that we study in Los Angeles County. Um, If I were to go to the site, uh, what would it look like? Our field site is vacant land that we recently acquired, and uh, we currently have 24 vertical axis wind turbines at the site. We're studying them in different configurations, measuring their power output, and also measuring the wind resources at the site. How easy is it to move around 30-foot turbines? You know, with uh, enough manpower, you can do it. Right now at our field site, we have most of these turbines on Christmas tree legs, and so they're portable uh, with, uh, you know, a few people and, and the help of a pickup truck. So what is it about their configuration that you're playing around with? What do you mean bio-inspired uh, configuration? So imagine that you have a leader or a lead turbine, in analogy to the lead fish in the array, and then the other turbines uh, create sort of a V formation, almost like you would see in a flock of geese. But then toward the rear of the array, they come back to a point at the the back of the array, so creating a diamond uh, configuration in that sense. So how much more efficient have you been able to, to get wind turbines? So looking at the parameter, how much power we can produce in a given plot of land, power per unit area, we've shown that a factor of 10 improvement is possible using this approach. The idea is that you would need less land for those particular turbines, and conversely, what that would lead to is the ability to generate the power you need for utility scale using much smaller wind turbines, because these wind farms as a whole would be much more efficient. We wouldn't need to, jet, uh, to create turbines that are 100 meters tall or 300 feet if we can do it at 30 feet. And that should hopefully reduce the cost of energy. So why does this configuration work so well? So we're currently studying why these arrays seem to work so well. There are a couple of hypotheses out there. One of them is that the interactions between the counter-rotating and uh, the the co-rotating, or the clockwise and counterclockwise rotating turbines, that those uh, interactions help to eliminate some of the turbulence that tends to reduce the performance of downwind turbines in a typical array. The other suggestion is that the close-spaced turbines actually accelerate the wind between them, therefore leading to higher velocities and and more power available locally. Is that kind of like when you're walking in a city, it feels like there's a, a big kind of wind tunnel effect? Yeah, essentially it's that type of a wind tunnel effect, but the challenge here is to achieve that not only for one pair of turbines, but for the entire group on average. Dr. Frank Fish, a professor of biology at Westchester University, has been studying the unique way a humpback whale hunts in order to improve the designs of horizontal axis wind turbines, the the ones that look like giant windmills. I'll let him get us started. Humpback whales are different from their 
relatives, particularly the blue whale or minke whale, those whales, when they are feeding, what they do is they swim straight ahead and engulf a huge amount of water as well as their prey, which is typically uh, krill, little shrimp-like organisms. The humpback whale, however, has a different strategy. Instead of swimming straight ahead, what it will do is it will turn in a circle uh, and basically try and surround the prey by basically emitting a uh, number of bubbles. And these bubbles rise and form a net, a circular net that traps the prey. And the prey in this case aren't just the krill, but oftentimes fish, which tend to be a fairly fast swimming type of animal. Quick turns underwater are tough to do, but humpback whales have evolved a trick to help them out. They have these softball-sized bumps, called tubercles, all along the front edge of their flippers. Dr. Fish found that they redirect the flow of water over the whale's flippers in a way that helps them make these sharp turns. So how does the, the unique shape of its uh, flippers help it, uh, help it hunt? Okay. So the, the flipper shape with the leading-edge tubercles, because they're being used as sort of wings, uh, as these animals go through these maneuvers, what they have to do is try and turn as tightly as possible. Now to do that, they have to develop a lift force uh, and try and maximize that lift. But the problem is that if you turn too tightly, your angle of attack is going to be so high that eventually you stall out that wing-like flipper. I'm going to jump in right here and just throw in that an angle of attack is the angle that a wing or fin slices through air or water. If the angle is too great, it disrupts the flow and the wing or fin stalls and stops creating lift. Having the tubercles basically delays stall so you can go to higher angles and thus create sharper turns so that you are more able to collect your food. If you didn't have these tubercles and you tried to make a tight turn by uh, increasing your angle of attack, you might get into a stall condition. And you can think of it this way. Uh, if you are in a car and you're traveling uh, around a curve and you hit a patch of ice, uh, what would happen would be the car would go off tangentially. It would sort of fly off the road instead of following that turn. The same would be here in terms of stall. If you stalled out that flipper, what would happen is the whale would no longer be capable of developing the forces to continue that turn. And as a result, it would either make a very long turn or it would simply sort of fly off straight away from its prey and the prey could potentially get away. The way it works is a little complex. Water that gets directed down the channels between the tubercles creates spinning vortexes of water on top of the flipper. These vortexes help propel water flowing over the tubercles, speeding it down along the flipper, overcoming the stall, and letting the whale turn sharply without losing control. Wings and flippers that don't stall are also more efficient at cutting through moving air and water. Researchers have begun incorporating some of these tubercles into the designs of submarine propellers, industrial fan blades, surfboard fins, as well as for power production. We're looking towards windmills and water turbines as another place where this technology could actually be employed. We've actually had a windmill uh, put out in a field with a lot of other windmills. That was basically a test facility to show uh, what that particular windmill could do. And again, by having it uh, out in real-world conditions, you get to see how it interacts with the sort of more erratic flow than what you have in a controlled system such as a water tunnel or wind tunnel. And in some cases, we've actually found that there is an increase in the amount of energy production using a uh, tubercles, a windmill blade, than if we didn't have the tubercles on that blade.
Who knows what else the natural world has yet to teach us? That's all for this week's Physics Buzz podcast. You can find more of our podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and much, much more at www.physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>